It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 17th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the conclusion of NBA All-Star Weekend with the NBA All-Star Game and what worked and didn't work in a really exciting game, actually. And then we're going to turn our attention back to the Orlando Magic and talk who the next All-Star might be for the Orlando Magic. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching review or download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get the LA Clippers perspective on Kawhi Leonard winning the Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP Award? Check out Locked On Clippers. I want to hear what the Miami Heat fans feel about the dunk championship they stole? Locked On Heat is where you can lodge your complaints. No matter which team you're interested in, no matter who it is, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we've got great national podcasts. I guested on Locked On NBA to discuss Aaron Gordon in the slam dunk contest, as well as check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rejecting the screen in the Duncan and Hollinger NBA show too. No matter what you're looking for, which team you're interested in, or which team you, you want to hear about, you can find a Locked On podcast for you, whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, or MLB, or colleges as well. You can find a Locked On podcast for you. Just search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. And I I would be remiss, too, if I did not say go back into our archives. Check out Sunday's episode of Locked On Magic. I gave my reaction to Aaron Gordon falling short in the slam dunk contest. So if you want my thoughts on that, you're going to have to finish this episode first and then, you know, hit play next or whatever you do, go back to Sunday's episode of Locked on Magic. I'll, I'll put a link up as well on Twitter and the Facebook page. Just relink it up since I posted on the weekend. It's kind of a big episode uh, to hear me discuss Aaron Gordon, where he's at actually in his career as well, and the dunk contest. So lots to get to. But Sunday night was all about the NBA All-Stars, and it was a, a really moving tribute. And, you know, I, I feel... You know, this is gonna be this is gonna sound a little selfish, and so I'll, I'll fully admit it. But I, I do feel that the the this this weekend it could it was it was going to be very special. Uh, Chicago is one of the meccas of basketball, just just grassroots level basketball. You know, one of the one of the big city, big basketball cities uh, in in the country, and certainly in the world. And 
This weekend was going to be a celebration of Chicago basketball. And unfortunately, I think a lot of that was muted because of the passing of Kobe Bryant. And so the weekend did become about Kobe Bryant. And that's not a bad thing. It should have been about that. Um, I thought the NBA and, and Common uh, in his intros to the All-Star Game did a really good job highlighting what basketball means to Chicago. Uh, and and, I, and I, I honestly, coming out of this weekend, I, you know, and I, I have ties to Chicago before, so I went to school in Chicago, um, or just outside Chicago, I should say. Um, it, it really felt like, it really felt like, you know, we, we didn't emphasize that part of this enough. And, and I, I, you know, I know the weather was terrible. I know the United Center isn't the best location for, for All-Star Weekend because it's just so far away from everything else in the city. I do hope that Chicago gets back into the rotation for another All-Star game. It shouldn't take, you know, what was 1988 to 2020. It shouldn't take 32 years for the All-Star game to go back to Chicago. I mean, just like it should be in New York every once in a while. It should be in LA fairly often. It should be in Chicago a whole lot often. And and, and I think that the intro to the All-Star game, I think, re-highlighted why Chicago is such a special city. And, and, and I hope that I hope that the NBA gets to... Gets to party in Chicago again. Hopefully the weather's a little bit nicer next time. I know it snowed a lot. It was very, very cold, but I think it cleared up the first Sunday. The game itself was, for the first two two and a half quarters, I'd say, an all-star game. Lots of dunks, some, some lazy defense. It, it was a show. But the real story of the game was the end. The NBA announced several weeks ago that they were changing the format of the all-star game, that they were going to implement a modified Elam ending. If you're unfamiliar with the Elam ending, um, A, you probably are because you're listening to this podcast but and watch the All-Star game, but if you're unfamiliar with the Elam ending, it is a different way to finish basketball games. Essentially, there is a, a, a math professor, I believe it's a math or statistics professor, um, who was frustrated watching games kind of end with a parade to the foul line. And realized that the the problem with this was the clock. Teams trying to extend the clock. Teams trying to keep their hopes alive by slowing the game down. And it wasn't an entertaining product. And so he surmised that if you stop the game at the first dead ball under three minutes and set a target score, you would say eight points, uh, eight points more than the leading team has. So if you had... 100 points at that timeout, the game would end when you hit 108. So you set a, you set a target score instead of a time. That that would clean up a lot of these kind of late game situations that go really cold. And uh, the, the, summer, the summer tournament, the basketball tournament, has implemented it now for a little while, and the NBA has been watching it, and it's been wildly entertaining. It's been pretty crazy, but no one was sure how it would work on the NBA scale. The NBA decided to implement the Elam ending or a modified Elam ending for the All-Star game. Changing it to an untimed fourth quarter. So the fourth quarter completely untimed. And the first team to 24 or 24 more points than the leading cumulative score. So the target score was set at 157, 24 more points than Team Giannis had at the end of the third quarter. That would be the score that the teams would have to reach. And 
boy, but the money that the, that the NBA put up for charity in this thing and, and all that, you could see players were really into this. Uh, honestly, I don't think I've seen an all-star game this competitive probably since Jordan's last all-star game when, uh, when, they, when it went to overtime, went to double overtime. And, and honestly, even that game, the double in the second overtime period, Jordan tapped out. Like he was like, I'm done. <laughs> the, the East, if I remember correctly, did not play their, their best players in the second overtime in the West, led by Kobe Bryant, who I believe won MVP that year, uh, went on to win. It was a 2003 game, I want to say. 2003 or 2004. The only other game I could think of before that was, I believe, 2001, when Allen Iverson led a 20-point comeback in the fourth quarter. And, and that dude was just going all out to win that game. This game had that same competitive vibe. I mean, we always say, if the All-Star game is competitive at the end, it becomes really entertaining. And, and we saw that a couple years ago when, when, with the, with the first, first time that the teams did the drafting thing with Team Steph and Team LeBron, how that game came down to the wire. But this felt really different. Without that time goal, Team LeBron knew they had to come out like gangbusters. And they pressed and they defended. We saw Kyle Lowry taking charges. We saw Giannis blocking LeBron. When it came down to crunch time here, both teams were fully engaged. And it was it was frustrating because, honestly, the offenses were not good. The teams just didn't have great offensive strategies and, and not a lot of offensive cohesion. So for an all-star game, late these late-game situations, these important baskets usually come down to late game execution, but in an all-star game, you don't play with these guys often. You don't know how to execute. You don't even have plays. There's nothing installed, and, 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 and it turned into a pickup game. It turned into a bad pickup game, but even that, even a bad pickup game with these players looked pretty darn good, looked pretty darn intense, looked a whole lot of fun, and you could just really feel the desperation, urgency, and want to to win this game. Again, there's a lot of charity money on the line, $300,000 in that quarter alone to go to local charities in Chicago. And it was just a lot of fun. And the reaction, and honestly, the big winner of this All-Star game is the Elam ending. You know, basketball people have been following this around. This was its first real big exposure on a big stage. And even though the game ended on Anthony Davis hitting a free throw, on Anthony Davis getting fouled and hitting a free throw, the game ended on a made shot. And that's, that's really the point of the Elam ending at the end of the day. That it doesn't end, you know, with a team dribbling the ball out and whatnot. It ends because a player hits a shot. There's always a walk-off win. There's always a buzzer beater, so to speak. And you could tell when they got, when, when Team LeBron got to three points uh, within the, the target score, there was that added pressure. They were trying to end the game and they, they couldn't end it. And Team Giannis was trying to come back, and they, they couldn't quite come back. It was, a, it was a really intense game. It was so intense. And I think it worked. Um, you know, again, like I said, the problems I thought with that fourth quarter were problems of an all-star game, of an all-star team, of a group that doesn't play together very often. And I would be curious, you know, I know we see it work, we see it work on the on the on the basketball tournament a lot. I would be curious if the NBA is not 
seriously considering expanding the Elam ending a little bit. Of seeing how it works on a larger scale, not just in an exhibition game, but how it might work in a regular game, in a regular game of basketball. Do not be surprised if the NBA tests the Elam ending out in Summer League. And I think Summer League is a great setting for it, to be honest, to test this out. Do not be surprised if the NBA tests the Elam ending out in the G League. There's already been a lot of suggestion that for the proposed in-season tournament that the NBA has, has been been banding about and, and, and thinking about that they will use the Elam ending to determine tournament games or knockout round games uh, when that tournament picks up, when that tournament starts. And again, that tournament has not been agreed to. There's, I think, still a lot of logistics that the NBA has to work out. Owners don't seem super keen on the idea. It's, it's unclear where players stand. There's, there's a lot of ideas that need to be flushed out with that thing. So I, I think the, the in-season tournament, while uh, an idea that the NBA wants to explore is sort of on the back burner. It's, it's not front of mind issue right now, especially with some of the other issues that, that the team, that the league will have coming up in the next round of collective bargaining. But I do think that the response that the league got from this version of, of the Elam ending was positive, was overall very positive. Everyone, you know, even people who are traditionalists who doubted this format, you could say, you know, I had my doubts about this thing, but that really upped the intensity. That really worked. And it was exciting to see. I know people who follow the basketball tournament. I know a lot of basketball people are really were really excited. I, I personally, I, I don't know if I feel like the league should immediately switch to the Elam ending, but... I, I I like the idea. I like how it's executed in the basketball tournament. I was curious to see how NBA players would respond to it. It's obviously an all-star game, so there's some differences. But I, I think that overall, the whole all-star format, including the quarter-by-quarter scoring, which was a little more confusing and probably won't continue, but I, I think that all those tweaks to the NBA that the NBA made were, were wild, wildly successful. This was... A fantastic All Star game. It was a fantastic All Star weekend. I, I I thought to myself Friday I was just watching the Rising Stars game. This is probably the best Rising Stars game I've seen in a long time. Like the Rising Stars game tends to really drag out, and and it's usually I usually consider that the worst event that the NBA puts on. Um, not because of any of the players. It's just it's just the game just never is entertaining. But I found that game to be pretty solid. All Star Saturday night was a home run. The skills competition was was fun. The, uh, the three-point contest was a lot of fun. The dunk contest, obviously controversial, but a lot of fun. And then the All-Star game was fantastic. So it, for the NBA, this, this, this weekend was a home run, was a home run or a three-point shot or, or a half-court shot or whatever you want to call it. It was, it was a good time. Um, I do th- but I do think that the star of it was this ending, was this, was this massive rule change that has been tested, but now the NBA's got its hands on it. Now the NBA's kind of got this proof of concept that, that this is something that fans really responded well to. They put this trial balloon out there. I, I suspect next year's All-Star Game will follow the same format, probably for the whole fourth quarter again. I, I, I don't think that they'll change that quite yet or go to a true Elam ending situation yet because the final score doesn't really matter in an All-Star Game. So, so I, think, I think that format really works. And keeping the Kobe tribute alive, honestly, I think makes a lot of sense for this particular game as well especially because it's now the Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP. Um, but I think it's really, really interesting. 
I, I think that that this is a proof of concept for the NBA that they can experiment with this further and see exactly how it works and see if it's something that the players, that the owners, that fans would be open to on a much larger scale. So again, I do not think this is the end of the Elam ending. I think that this is just the beginning. So kudos to the NBA for a great and entertaining weekend and keep an eye on on changes that are coming because I don't think the NBA is done with this quite yet. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Obviously, the MVP of the night was Kawhi Leonard. I thought Giannis Antetokounmpo had a really good game. Um, a lot of great stars in that in that NBA All-Star game, as, as you'd expect. It's the best of the best of the NBA. And obviously, the Magic weren't participants in this year's All-Star game. Um, you know, they, the All-Star streak got broken last year with Nikola Vucevic and uh, getting his getting the nod into the All-Star game, but um, undoubtedly. You know, the best players go to the All-Star game. Undoubtedly, the best teams put those best players on the All-Star teams. Winning matters, to, I think, to coaches and to, to the voters. And the Magic are kind of this team stuck in the middle. To be sure, the big picture for any team in the league is to win a championship, to have a shot at winning something real, not just making the playoffs, but something real. You have to have the best players. It is no coincidence that LeBron James has consistently been on the best teams in the league as one of the best players in the league. It is no coincidence that Giannis Antetokounmpo is on the best team in the league and is the best player in the league right now. It is no coincidence that pretty much every player on the All-Star team, except for Trey Young, uh, I believe, and Brandon Ingram, come from winning teams. The Magic getting Nikola Vucevic on the All-Star team last year on a losing team was fairly rare. And certainly having a 28-year-old make his first All-Star team also exceedingly rare. It's it's even rarer for a player like that to make multiple All-Star teams. And so, regardless of anything else, if the Magic are going to take another step, if the Magic are going to make their way into... Serious NBA circles and serious NBA discussions. They will need a star. For sure, this has been the obsession for the Orlando Magic over the last eight years. Ever since Dwight Howard left. Dwight Howard, a bona fide star. A superstar for the Orlando Magic, in fact. They have been searching and trying to find a guy that the team can build around and galvanize around. They tried, obviously, a tanking path first, trying to amass draft picks and, and build a star there. And yeah, they probably they had one in Victor Oladipo that they developed very poorly. But they never really found that one player. 
And as much as I like Nikola Vucevic, Vucevic ain't that guy. The Magic are certainly pushing Vucevic to the front and for for this roster and this team and, and the skill sets that they have, Vucevic is probably the best player on the roster. Or certainly the most productive and most consistent player on the roster. The guy who can put up the numbers and put up the stats to keep the team afloat offensively as younger players try to figure themselves out. But again, undoubtedly Vucevic puts a ceiling on your team and undoubtedly Vucevic isn't that kind of game-breaking player. He's good enough, but not the guy. And yes, in, in many ways, that's what's missing off this Magic team. If the Magic had the guy, or that dude, as I sometimes say, then I think a lot of the players that they have on their roster would be put into roles that better suit their talent. Evan Fournier would be a secondary playmaker, not a primary playmaker and scorer. Uh, Nikola Vucevic could play off of someone who can set him up for easy jumpers. Um, you know, there's more spacing and, sh- and room for a guy like Aaron Gordon to shoot. The Magic are missing that for sure. And finding that on this roster is still, frankly, very, very tough. We do expect the Orlando Magic to still compete for the playoffs moving forward. While the Magic are in playoff position this year as a 7th or 8th seed, we know that is not where they ultimately want to end up. And we know that, or we feel that at least, this team is bumping up against the ceiling. And inevitably change will have to occur. And maybe that means the team takes a small step back in 2021. I, I would actually, I'll actually brace you for that. that. That is a very real possibility that the Magic, you know, as they transition to younger players and, and give focus to younger players, take a step back in the standings. But we'll, 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 attack, we'll attack that a little bit more in the summer. The question, so then, is who is the next all-star for the Orlando Magic? Who could represent the team? in Indianapolis, or maybe better yet, who must represent the team in Indianapolis for the Magic to avoid taking a step back and perhaps even to take a step forward. What I do think is interesting about this Magic roster and and something that I think we often forget is that this is still a very, very young team. The Magic are trying to have their cake and eat it too. They're trying to develop their young players within a winning system and within roles that they can handle and succeed in with the hope that they will grow into more. But the key players that they care about are all very, very young. Jonathan Isaac's 21. Mo Bamba is 21. Markel Fultz is 21. Aaron Gordon is 24. Juma Okiki is 20 and not on the roster yet. Nikola Vucevic is 30. Evan Fournier is 29. Those are your veterans. DJ Augustine is the oldest player on the roster at 31, or 32, I believe. So to say the least, to say the least, this is a team that is somewhat in transition. At this point, I think most of us feel like we know what Fournier and Vucevic are. We know what they bring to the table. And we know, frankly, what their ceilings are as players, or at least we feel like we know it. And, I, you know, as, as much as I do kind of back those guys up a little bit and, 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 and I, I, I see their value with this team, 
those guys are not the future all-stars of this Orlando Magic team. In fact, I would argue that they are probably not part of this team's long-term future, and it wouldn't surprise me if, A, A, I expect the Magic to let Evan Fournier walk if he hits free agency, and B, would not surprise me if Nikola Vucevic is not long for this team. It might depend on where Mobamba's at. The guys that really matter and the guys that the Magic need to become all-stars are those big three guys, Markel Fultz, Aaron Gordon, and Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, to me, is the one guy on this team that has that elite skill. If there is someone who is that dude, at least on one side of the ball, it is Jonathan Isaac. Isaac is an elite defender in this league already. He would have been, he would have been an, on the all-defensive team if he had not gotten hurt and were, was eligible to make those teams. Just had, that's not going to play enough games this year to be on those teams. He was leading the league in stocks. He was flirting with leading the league in blocks per game, which would make him the first wing player to do so since 2004 when Andre Kirilenko did. He is in very rarefied error. And, and there are areas where he can still get a whole lot better on defense. But his stifling defense and his length and athleticism just made him such a powerful weapon. The key for him to make an all-star team, of course, is his offense. Can he develop a killer instinct, frankly, offensively? Can he develop a couple of go-to moves that can get him to the basket and get him to score consistently. Before his injury, he was averaging a career high in points, field goal attempts, and field goal shooting, to be to be honest. All his numbers were trending up in the right direction, but I think a lot of people, and I would include myself, were frustrated that when the opportunity came for him to take on more, to be a bigger player within the offense, it's not that he didn't step up to the plate. It's, it's the magic really didn't give him the opportunity to, to do so. Maybe that's part of the development plan. Maybe the magic don't want to give him too much too soon. And, and I, I agree. Maybe the magic slow playing of, the, of his development and of other players' development is frustrating. But Isaac, again, is the one guy on this team with an elite skill set that is already an elite player. And that matters. I, you know, I think I think a lot of us on all-star teams, especially, and, and, and this is probably true overall, you focus on offensive playmaking. And, and the Magic need offensive playmakers. They need guys who can create plays out of nothing. Jonathan Isaac is a defensive playmaker. He creates defensive plays out of nothing. And while I don't think the numbers are showing it overall, I do think the Magic vastly miss Jonathan Isaac. Just little things. Getting a block shot to spark a fast break. Getting a seal to spark a fast break. Getting... You know, a, a stop, a stop, or lot, or being able to to have two very good defenders and Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac on the floor at the same time. I think the team really misses that. I, I think they miss it a lot more than than the numbers say, and a lot more than they'll they'll probably let on. But Isaac has that elite skill, and it's just putting all the other pieces of the puzzle together. But if the Magic do have an All Star in the wings, it is a guy that we all felt like and thought could be an All Star this year. Aaron Gordon does not want to be back on Saturday night doing the dunk contest. Despite his joke, I don't even think he wants to be back doing the three-point contest on Saturday nights anymore. He wants to play in the Sunday game. And if there's one thing that has disappointed this season, as I mentioned yesterday on Locked on Magic, it is that he has regressed significantly in, in all offensive categories. His scoring is down to 14.1 points per game. He's shooting a career-worst field goal percentage. He's shooting a 
you know, this three-point field goal percentage after increasing every single year in his career has just cleared 30% over the last few days, few games. And while Gordon is showing signs of life, it has been a disappointing season that, again, has left him vulnerable and open to questions about his future with the team. The good news was at the trade deadline, the Magic weren't simply looking to give him away. He's still 24 years old and still incredibly young. I think it's silly to give up on him as an all-star potential player. Now, obviously, he's got to prove it, and he's got to... I wouldn't rely on him to be an all-star player, but he's still got that potential. It's still abundantly clear he has that potential. And he's still the guy that is closest of any player on the Magic, or any of the young players, at least, on the Magic, to reaching that level. Things could click very suddenly for him. In fact, I would argue that over the last three or four games, things have clicked a little bit for him. He's attacking the offensive glass a lot more. He's not settling for jumpers as much. He is moving the ball. He's doing all the things that made last season, the 2019 season, his best season of his career. This is his most complete overall performance. Maybe Gordon isn't the guy that takes over games, but he has certainly got all-star potential. He's honestly got all-star credibility with the dunk contest that he has, he has played in. If it's done anything for that, it's done that. The tricky answer here in asking who the next all-star is for the Orlando Magic is that the answer is not clear. That is both exciting because there are great candidates who could enter that level in Aaron Gordon, in Jonathan Isaac. Didn't even talk a lot about Markel Fultz, but Fultz is certainly in that conversation. It is an incredible opportunity and this is a young team that can afford to watch these young guys grow. But it is also scary because the Magic do want to win. They do want to advance. They do want to get better. They don't want to be the 8th or 7th seed again. They want to keep climbing that ladder. But without a clear star in the make in the making or in the picture, that climb up is uncertain. Your fans talk a lot about the Hawks' future, or even the Bulls' future with Zach Levine. And their futures are pegged directly to star-quality players. Trey Young, Zach Levine are guys that can take over games and win them by themselves. The Magic don't have that luxury, and so their spot is precarious. Could easily fall 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 off. The margin for error is small. Star players reduce that margin for error. Star players make it easier to climb that ladder. The Magic don't have that easy step up. They don't have that rung to get to. And it's the thing that they still have to find. Clearly, though, the Magic hope they can build it and develop it internally. And they hope for sure that next year in Indianapolis, the Magic will have a representative in the All-Star game. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Don't forget to go back to yesterday's episode of Locked On Magic to hear my reaction to Aaron Gordon's dunk contest, quote-unquote, defeat. You can also check me out talking about Aaron Gordon and the NBA All-Star Weekend over on Locked On NBA. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.